Hi, it's me. It's Brian. This is another episode. Invite the neighbors, the podcast that just won't die. Um, yeah, on this episode, I had Danny Van Zant, who is a fellow Detroit area musician. Um, we played a show together at a bar about two, three weeks ago. We hit it off, dude. I said, "Hey, come do the podcast at my house." We have similar interests, it would seem. Similar, uh, you know. Up- I almost said upbringings, but I have no idea if that's true. But we have similar musical backgrounds, um, similar interests. And then when Danny got here, he immediately started telling me a lot about all the books I had. And we have similar book tastes and band tastes. And we both like comedy. And basically, uh, Danny Van Zandt is my newest uh, musical man crush. So just going to go ahead and put that out there in the universe. And this will not be the last you hear um, from the, let's just say we talk a little bit about some some band opportunities, some band ideas. Two Kings is coming at you soon. <laughs> the Monsters of Rock Tour Part 2 is, uh, is discussed in the upcoming episode. Um, so check out Danny Van Zandt I'm online. He, his music is under his name. Um, and the other thing I want to say is like, this podcast is going to, you know, I, I've decided that it's been too much for me lately. That's why I haven't done, been doing a lot of episodes. And so I'm going to go back to the way I did it before, where I'm not going to take a lot of online requests and a lot of, not do a lot of online episodes. And I'm just going to try to make it more of a local thing again and do a lot more episodes in person and only do Discord episodes where if it's like a guest I'm really excited about. And it's not that I haven't been like excited about the episodes I've done in the past. It's just that naturally I'm not going to care as much about a band that is sent to me by a PR rep as someone I knowingly sought out because I already knew them and wanted to interview them. And I just found that it's, it feels more like an obligation when I'm just interviewing people that get sent to me. And I wasn't being doing a very good job of saying no and being honest about if I just didn't feel like doing an episode, I just did it anyways. And I, I want to get away from that. And I want this podcast to feel fun again. Um, so I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to put out all the episodes that I already have recorded. And I'm just going to go slower. And um, yeah, so that's me saying all that. That's me saying the things that I just said. But again, um, thank you guys for listening. A- anyone who's listened to all these episodes, like, what are you doing? But also thank you. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm going to keep this pod, this podcast is not going away. It's just slowing down a little bit and then it might pick back up. Who knows? Um, I'm just in the middle of writing and recording a record right now and working and I just need to, uh, save a little time for myself too. So, um, thank you for listening. Here is the episode with Daniel Van Zanulton's Danny Van Zandt. Yeah, because, well, I haven't been doing these very much because, uh, I don't know, COVID, I guess. Yeah. And I like, it got to where, like, I was only doing them on Discord. And, like, just this week, I decided I'm not doing Discord episodes for a while. Like, I'm going to go back to like hustling and trying to get people to come out here. Yeah. Cause it was more fun. I don't know. Like it, 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 
it was a good thing because like I had a lot of bands that I never would have got, you know, like and these, I got hooked up with like one PR firm in New York somehow. I don't even remember like my, my, this guy I met on the internet, Matt, he connected me with them. And then through that, I met like three or four different like PR people. And so all the bands from out of town that I've done on discord are from them, you know, okay. They hire a PR firm. I'm one of the people that they go to for interviews. How long have you been doing this show? Like three years. Oh, wow. Okay. A little over three years. Me and my friend Dylan do a music podcast. We just hit the one year mark. And just even like looking back on like when we first started, there's such a crazy growth of just getting used to doing that shit. What is yours called? Audio ecstasy. We we don't really do a lot of social media at all. We just kind of like do it and put it out there. And then the followers we have on like Spotify or whatever. Yeah. can hear it. But we and we just talk about like music. It's like music criticism kind of stuff like oh a lot of like talking about pitchfork kind of like yeah action. yeah yeah <laughs> i like that see like i i wish i if you ever have guests let me know i would love to come please do that. come on yeah that would be yeah. awesome because i that's the type of thing that i feel afraid to do on this show because i feel like it's hard to be an interviewer and then also a critic make music yeah you know because yeah. i'd be such a dick about certain well, things okay we're not i shouldn't say like we don't do like it's not like we do like album reviews and generally if we do it's like artists we both like but we definitely also wow. like if if we dislike something we'll hop on it never like local stuff or like people right you know okay I mean? but like yeah shit that's like already huge there's no problem with like, yeah you put a degree of separation we punch yeah. up not down yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. even yeah, or even like, slightly above we don't want to ruin those chances of yeah, dude i've got lifted up like emails where they were like would you be interested in doing a review and i was like no I'm, i'd be like you're not interested in me doing a review I'm that's not, not something like, you <laughs> yeah because like not not that it would be bad not that it would you know not that i'm like assuming one that it would be bad or two that i'm like you know this tastemaker or something it would just be like i just don't i don't want to feel obligated to be nice if i don't feel like that's yeah how i feel about it you know yeah and it's just i don't know it's just kind of scary but like that is like the local type stuff though right you're talking about like stuff that's already big you know it's like it doesn't matter anyways like they're already there it's not like you're gonna ruin their career by saying their records i don't mind shitting on the new parquet courts album like that's not gonna hurt me i thought that's something i'd do but right 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 (laughs) but it's like so do you just do it with your friend like you do it live or do you guys we do it live we've been doing it we we're trying to do it twice a month every other wednesday we've gotten a little off track with that um but i think today we've probably done about 30 episodes maybe 35 okay yeah yeah i mean dude i remember when this was like six episodes deep, you know, yeah, it's like in it does like two houses, like two places ago, I think. Well, oh, no, so you've like, had a moving unit, even okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing it in my apartment bedroom in Ann Arbor, and like it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it still is like when I get to do them in person, but I don't know, it's just going on Discord, and not everyone even has video all the time. And it's just like a, and someone I've never met. I yeah. don't know their music at all. Like, I'm, there's nothing. I mean, you know, a lot of times I'll listen to them beforehand. And I'll be like, oh, this is good. Okay, now I'm excited. But then other times I listen where, I mean, it could be good. And I'm sure it's like, obviously they have fans for a reason, but it's just like, I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, 
Got now I'm doing now it just feels like an obligation. And I'm not getting paid, so like yeah, yeah. why am I doing this? Right. So I've yeah, I just put out like I told all of them, I emailed all of them and said, like, look, I'm not taking any new episodes right now. And I'm only gonna do ones where I can either get them in person or I I seek them out because I want to interview them. Right. You know? Right. Which was kind of like what I did for you. Because hey. like I know like, you know, we have like us well, we know each other now, obviously, but like mm-hmm. we have like a tangential like circle of friends. Yeah, like yeah. Chris same scene. And, yeah. 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 And like I had, I've been seeing your name like here and there, you know, for probably three or four years. Just, okay. Just by like existing online. Yeah. You know. It's the Michigan I mean, like the Southeast Michigan music scene is Yeah pretty i don't know i don't want to say small but like it's easy for everyone to i think like be aware of people which yeah. is cool which and i like and it's funny because maybe you can tell me like how if this uh if you can relate to this at all because like i am you know within the last like four years new to this music scene and like uh, i'm just new to putting music out in general and like i always felt like intimidated or like less than people whose like names i'd see like see home or something on a flyer when I was first starting out and I was like, Oh, those guys must be like connected. And like, yeah. And yeah. It's just like intimidating to meet. Them. And then you meet them and it's just like, Oh, we're all it's friends. We're all know? dudes. It's just, I shouldn't say dudes are like not a gender. You know what I mean? Right. We're all people. We're all just people, people fucking yeah. here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm relatively new to it too, because for a long time I would just like, I didn't play out a lot ever. Um, like I only started playing up maybe a year before COVID hit. Oh, okay. And then it hit and obviously was off the table for like a year and a half. So I feel like I like I'm just starting out again now, kind of. Um mm-hmm. and I do I mean I still feel that way a little bit. Like when I yeah, like I'll see artists who are doing like uh not that I hate to say like looking at the numbers and chip artists where it's like numbers where I'm like, damn, that's like incredible that someone like near me who like I might bump into at a show is like yeah at that level like and then you run into them and it's just like yeah they're just normal people and they're like really nice and cool and like yeah i've yet to meet anyone from this quote-unquote scene or whatever that's like pretentious or thinks they're like above everyone else there yet i mean i kind of hope there is someone out there like that because it's just like funny and (laughs) yeah i might honestly be into it if i meet them but like so far that has not happened well the only people that i'm like semi-aware of that are like that are, are not big at all <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's kind of awesome too i want to be yeah. that that's i almost want that now more yeah i want people who are wearing like sunglasses inside and like oh dude i want to get there so bad yeah like, i feel like inside that's who i am yes but like exactly but it's tough to do with self-awareness whatever though yeah i i <laughs> Ego's a weird thing, you know, because mm-hmm. like it, you have to have some. Yeah, I, I think, anyways, or maybe that's my rationalization because I have a lot. So I say you have to have some. <laughs> I mean, well, I definitely think like in general with like making some sort of like art or making just anything. Like if you're making something like whether it's like a business or anything, yeah, like I feel like you have to to be doing it. You have to believe in yourself that it's worth doing. Yeah, you have to like think that exactly you have to think that you're good enough at it like to otherwise keep why pursuing the hell yeah could you ask anyone to consume what it is that you're making right you know? like but i feel like i i in the healthiest possible way i feel like secretly i am like the shit you know <laughs> <laughs> like in in this in this little lane like in this little thing of making sounds go good together you yeah. know like in that lane i feel like i'm the shit and i feel like 
I'm wearing sunglasses inside and shit when I go to shows. In, inside myself, yeah. I'm wearing sunglasses yeah. inside. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I agree. It also like, yeah, because like, first off, the song you sent me, the new one, oh. sound and sweet. So like, you should feel that way because that shit sounded <laughs> sick. Thanks. Um, and yeah, I just feel like if if you're gonna be doing the shit, like that's such a guiding force to feel like instead, like I know this is worth doing, and I know like yeah, what I'm doing is worthwhile, even if it's just to like be your own fan is a cool like yeah thing. I think like yeah, like uh, but I, do you, let me ask you this: Do you ever find yourself? Do you turn on old stuff of yours? I find I, at least for myself, I turn on things I do pretty. I don't want to say quickly, like. Stuff I've done in the last couple of years, I'm still proud of. But like, generally, if I'm like three years removed from something, I'm. Hmm. I've heard that. A, I've heard that a lot. But I, I don't know. Like, not to sound like an asshole, I don't. I've never done anything that I still don't like. Oh, like, that's no, that's cool. Yeah, I. That's cool. I've always been, uh, musically it, naturally gifted. I guess you know, not to sound like uh, arrogant, but like you know I, there's so many other things where like i've tried and i did like like hockey for instance like i played for so long and i hit a ceiling really kind of early and i didn't really get better you know yeah. music was like i got good quickly and i started writing music when i was like 15 and it was awesome like i, I just you were stoked on it right I away. I started writing dope music that yeah. I would write and play now and feel like this is some of the best stuff. Okay. You Shit. know, like yeah. that that was music for me and like so many other things, but like and not everybody has the same path, obviously. That's what's in, I mean, that's interesting too, is that like there's like in art history that they always talk about like are different artists maturing at different periods or whatever. And like it is cool. It's weird how there's like some bands where they come out and the first album is so like like fully perfect, like yeah like the strokes led zeppelin like all these like classic where it's just like right away that's the full vision yeah and then it's also wild how there's artists who like like my favorite band all time guided by voices where like it might be by the eighth album where they finally get to like what their sound even is and like, yeah yeah and then it's just cool too to see there's like these different paths because for like their example like they have to have that voice in their head where like i'm the shit it's like i'm eight albums in and i still think this is yeah. worth exploring yeah i mean that's it's it's even if it's like the way I kind of look at it too is like okay so I've been making music for a long time that I always thought it was really good but I just never were, was able to like click into a scene and click into like understanding promotion because I've been really dumb at the business side of things I've always been like a pure like art first type person but that's not a good thing if you want to make it like I was I just didn't know what the hell I was doing at all didn't wasn't even aware of like a music scene I thought that mm -hmm. like if you weren't playing at like St. Andrews or like at the very minimum blind pig, then there just wasn't shows for you. Like I just didn't know. Right, right, right. But I think, you know, even if you're making really good stuff, you it's and you don't get picked up if it doesn't click, it's worth it to just keep going into record eight because eventually maybe if you're lucky, you know, what you're making will line up with what people are kind of asking for. Yeah, and then it'll you just gotta click at the right moment yep. with people, and then they'll find all the shit from before. They'll follow you afterwards if you know, right? You keep on, but a lot of times it's just about like it's not the right moment for whatever. Yeah, it is with you're where doing. tastes are at, even yeah. I mean, yeah. that's always an interesting thing. I mean, I've, I've felt that for myself as like a dude who, for a large part of my music for a long time, has been just like me on acoustic guitar, and that's been very out of style for 
like a long time <laughs> just being like the dude like I feel, I feel like the last dude with an acoustic guitar that was cool was like elliot smith yeah I was gonna say Elliot Smith. he's been yeah. dead for 20 years yeah <laughs> so like i was always in, i hated playing shows like that i still to some degree do like if it's acoustic because i just feel like i'm like i'm the sensitive guy with the like yeah dude it has to be like the right environment like, yeah and i mean so it, it just i guess i'm getting to that from like that thing though of at some point though that that'll come back in style maybe to some degree or like a different form of it or at least it'll be less out of style and yeah there's just always that thing where like i think about career artists where like like i'm always obsessed with bob dylan lately but like bob dylan where like his stuff at certain times will be like really not cool because of where tastes are but then like as long as he keeps following his path authentically 10 years down the line it'll come back and like yeah 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 i don't it's it's weird when you think about um a career trajectory you know like because you see if it's easy to look back in hindsight at some bands that they just kept getting better and then other ones that just kept getting worse or (laughs) they were just like you know what i mean lopsided and like compare a band like radiohead to I don't know. It's hard for me to think of like, a, I mean, I, maybe this is easy. Hawthorne Heights or I don't know, bands that like not necessarily got worse. I don't know enough about their discography, but there's a lot of bands like that that just kind of kept doing the same thing or just yeah. fizzled out. Yeah. And it's like, you, I don't think any of these bands are really planning it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just, I feel like the difference is willingness to push yourself creatively and to like really not put anything out until you're satisfied that it's different that it's right. not the same thing that you did before right whereas some people will just be like all right well like a lot you see it in punk a lot where it's just kind of like a slightly varied you know variation of the same thing that they've done before mm-hmm. and i just can't see myself ever doing that but it's like longevity is difficult if you're not willing to do the same thing yeah i mean there's only some artists who i think it floated around throughout their whole career and like changed sound a little bit from album to album and i think radiohead i mean is like such a weird uh like weird thing where they're like yeah every album's like practically perfect yeah they all like for a while like it seemed like each one was like a new sound and then it's funny like from the now from like the bird's eye view of their career kind of being wrapped up in a way or whatever you can see where there is like a Radiohead sound that does connect it all, but it like yeah. when you're in the shit in the moment, it's like yeah. th- this is a totally different band with each album. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I always think too. I always get into this divide in my head of like, there's artists like Radiohead, and I think like Kanye up until a few years ago, where it's like, yeah, each album's like a new world, or like the Beatles, and it's always like a changing sound, yep. and like each one's been kind of perfect. And then I also though there's artists where they like and those artists i feel like also like put out an album every couple years like they really devote time to it as like a world but then i also love the artists where they do just like put out like three albums a year and it's like they don't give a shit about like (laughs) making it perfect and it's just like i'm gonna be in the moment and keep going and that's like where i've been trying to get a little more lately because i feel like for a long time i was like every album has to be perfect and then they never fucking are (laughs) and like (laughs) i feel like i wasted three years chasing something that (laughs) well yeah that's why i kind of think though like with what we're doing is like i it's because I am such a perfectionist in that way, but I figure if I do shorter records, I can get away with it. That's a no. That's a cool move. I think then, you know, like yeah, like the one we 
just put out in December. Like I don't, I guess it's an EP, but it's structured like a record, like an LP with like the intros and interludes and all that shit. Right. It's a long EP if it's an EP, but it's like a really short. What is LP. the runtime on it? I think it's like twenty seven minutes. Yeah, I mean that's like a Strokes album, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's only like five songs, like mm-hmm. five actual songs. Proper. Yeah. You know. Right. And one of them's lo-fi as hell. It kind of feels like an interlude, which it is, but it's like a three and a half minute <laughs> song, you know? Yeah. But I, I like that idea of like, I think our next one is going to be seven, seven tracks. Okay. Which is just like, I I don't care if it fits easily into EP or LP. I just feel like this is the sound that we have. And like, I want to do no B-sides. I never have B-sides. It's just the best the best shit I can get out of like this one moment of inspiration, you know, I feel like, you. like for this past one, it was like listening to Frank ocean for the first time, like last summer, mm. <laughs> I was late to the train on that. Uh, one. All the albums are just anything in particular. Uh, definitely more blonde. Yeah. And then I love super rich kids. Oh of, yeah. Channel, of Orange. Channel Orange. Yeah. yeah. But mostly like all of blonde. And then that song, um blonde is just so crazy still it's so awesome and like that inspired a lot of the stuff that we're doing and but it's just like i could hear that actually now that i'm thinking about it through that lens yeah yeah it has that very like uh i don't even know what the word is but like dreamy and then also like mm -hmm. uh not like set strong structures where like i know where it's going like with their intro i wasn't sure like how that was going to move into the rest of the song yeah it did and also like floaty and not very like heavy drum i don't know yeah yeah there were similarities there yeah that was like i uh um i remember listening to self-control and and then i we're like the band was all over we were having a bonfire yeah and that was like the first song i heard by him and i was like oh this is dope and then after everybody left i went inside and i wrote the chords oh right for that song we were just like stoked in that moment and yeah yeah yeah, and then there's like another song that's it's kind of similar that flows that that's gonna come before that song that you heard, and it's got like um, super rich kids like boom, boom, what type of thing? Hell yeah! And it's it's so much like on the nose, but like I feel like you can rip in your mind, you can be clearly ripping from somebody, and it doesn't sound like it sounds like your own thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah it always gets filtered even in ways that you don't really yeah exactly which is what you're just saying right now even if you think you're doing like the just an impression of someone it's always going to be slightly different because your impression of them isn't perfect and yeah right yeah it's just you know i'm just trying in my head this is my version of that feeling or that sound Mm -hmm. like on our last record there were uh like a baseline on the narcissist off duty i was just trying to steal the airbag oh yeah like the baseline is like there's so much space and like openness yeah a lot of space and just short notes of the uh, on the baseline and i was like okay i want to steal that yeah like straight up and just have the guitar be ambient behind it and just doing all all sorts of shit and then the drums kind of like like selective accents hitting with the bass bass guitar Mm -hmm. and i just straight up ripped that whole thing right yeah. from that yeah and it doesn't sound anything like airbag i mean know? pretty much every time i write i feel like i'm doing an impression of someone yeah to some degree or like at least like i've put together a, a genre in my head like my own personal genre of like these five songwriters to me feel like they share a certain vibe maybe it's just in my head and then like i'm doing an impression of that kind of yeah i think that's like 
honestly, I, if anyone says otherwise, I don't know if I believe them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I know Bill. I maybe know they people, don't even realize they're doing it. People who have definitely be. Billy Joel has definitely said that. I'm not like a huge Joel guy, but I know he's he's mentioned every time he writes a song, he's singing it. And like, I'm I was Mick Jagger for that one, or I was like yeah. Rachel's. And I know Paul McCartney's talked about that too. So, I feel like if Paul said it, I'm I'm in decent company. Like I'm, yeah. I don't need to feel ashamed about it. I guess or whatever. Yeah, like you guys are basically the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Give me just a sec. I have to. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. What about that song though? That uh, the one you played live with, like the auto tune. Like when you wrote oh, that, what were you thinking? Like, what? I think. I mean, I jacked the chord progression from. Um, the Michael Jackson song that came out posthumously, that where they finished it up with Justin Timberlake. Um, love never felt so good. Yeah, yeah, love never felt so good. And then I don't know. I was thinking of like, I think like D'Angelo maybe, or like hmm. Dirty Projectors, like that kind of world. Like, oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, not that those two are necessarily like from the same world or anything, but like. Yeah, just like R and B or like kind of like Stevie Wonder, like yeah, funky, like, but also like Miles Davis, bitches, brewy kind of stuff. And then the <laughs> auto tune just was like probably from like a love of like Bon Iver and Kanye, and yeah. And then I wanted to do like Kanye. a because so- people, a lot of people fight me on the auto tune on that. A lot of people are like it shouldn't have auto tune, like blah blah blah. Well, and, like you should make your own music then. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because I wanted it to have like the like sci-fi feel too of like a lot of the lyrics are about like old world new world stuff and that just like auto tune oh, really? such like a signifier to me of like digital 24. Like it's like what Radiohead does. Like yeah, like yeah. kid, hey, like I just like that shit's cool. Well, the thing is you don't use it as like a, a uh it's not like your crutch or anything. You yeah, know? if it's, I to, to sing the song properly, I would have to like drop it down probably a step if we were to do it without auto tune, but well, I mean, I mean, like across your entire set. Oh, yeah. You don't right, over. Right. You, you have a song where it's like a prop, in, right? But like in effectively used. Okay. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. If anything, I was like, oh, there was a couple parts where I was like, it'd be really sweet to drop it off right here and just oh, have and it have moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like, I like the idea of having it mostly auto tune. But like, if like if the song like kind of dies down a little bit and then bringing real it out and having in. it like in, in more intimate like it's like oh i'm a real person again can we type get that remix you think we're gonna get that remix yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go i really want to do like i because I, I don't know how to produce uh with the knobs i don't know how to sound engineer yeah. but i really want to do that's like my dream is i get famous and then i can produce like i can be like team up with a sound engineer and be like a dynamic duo with somebody yes because i can produce like in terms of like arranging and yeah. like yeah that's yeah. the side of stuff that i feel like i am good at too and then exactly the like setting up mics and knowing what mics to use and how far they should be from things yeah and compressors and EQ that doesn't and, that doesn't excite me at all that stuff it doesn't go, interest me it's really. just started to interest me in the last couple of years not to the point where i ha- i'm like gonna like really study it or anything but like the way th- i feel like i'm just finally getting an ear for how that does shape the picture in some way yeah so i'm definitely not in the way that like real producers do but like for a long time i felt like i was like colorblind to it almost yeah like i did not get it in the slightest yeah like for me any any home stuff i've done has all been just like luck trial and error type shit mm-hmm. like i put my amp over in that corner the other day and i recorded a demo with uh just a, a 57 and it sounded great. Um, I was like, holy shit, but I got lucky. You know, I yeah. just used my phone flashlight to kind of aim the thing on the cone where the spot where I, I mean, so I, you're micing amps for demos out here? 
for me. Really? Yeah. You, you know, you never go DI with. It. I'm just if I'm doing a demo, well, I'm always just like. I just love I love the sound of my amp. Okay. Like I got my amp. It's like a Fender Blues Deluxe reissue, but it's we have only, the same amp, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. But only right. on surface. Like oh, everything that's, has been that's upgraded. Right, that's right. Like Tyler Floyd's dad does Fender the, the amp shit. Supposed wizard. I've yet he, to meet he, him, but I've only heard wild things so about great. this guy. He's so great, man. You go over to his house and he just wants to hang out. Like he just wants to show you all his toys. That's and exactly how gear. My old professor, uh, like in Great Friend Braden Brufka, his dad's the same way. Where like you go over to their house and like he, unless like Bref would stop him, he will go endlessly. Yeah, like the gear. Like you know what that can do. You know what that can. I love like, it. Like the last two times Tyler wasn't even there. I was just like hanging, hanging out, out with his, with his dad. dad. Yeah, drinking <laughs> beers, talking, talking amps. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Like I have this. Uh, like I'm definitely going back to him because like my Fender amp is done. Like it's a new speaker, all the transformers are changed. Like it's it's just an amazing amp now. But I have this Bad Cat. Uh, I bought a Bad Cat combo amp, but it was gutted. So all it has is the speaker, and it has like you know it has like the whole like that strip where the knobs would be, but it's all gone. Yeah. And so I've been talking to Tyler's dad about like me buying a like a fender super champ or something head like one of the like three four hundred dollar fender like the the base level fender tube heads Mm -hmm. and buying one and he was gonna uh gut the head and build it into the bad cat combo so it'd be like a frankenstein custom combo amp yeah like that type of shit he'll just what you know how'd you get to that with your fender did you buy it and there was like issues with it or you bought it and you were like oh i want to upgrade this it, a little of both. It was like there were I was having some issues, and then I took it to Tyler, and he was like, "Yeah, it's a common thing with these amps." And then there's like a an upgrade kit because it's so common to upgrade those amps. There's like all the basic, like the little uh, I'm gonna probably use the wrong words here, but like the little resistors and transistors and like little connections that suck on the stock amp. So I I bought that. Changed basic all those. like electrical shit. Yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. So all that's been upgraded. And then I put a different speaker in it. It's like a, like a fat Jimmy, which is used in a lot of like Fender vintage mod restorations. Okay. So I put one of those speakers in there. And then recently, my uh, one of the effect loop input jacks cracked off. So I took it back to him. He was like, you know, I just had a guy in here with a similar amp, and he replaced the output and power transformers in the choke, which I have no idea what the fuck these things are. The choke? It sounds like a car now. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I guess the transformers, um, the stock ones, don't allow you to get the actual max power that the amp provides. Oh, which, okay. Which is stupid. Yeah. Fender. That's dumb. Um, yeah. But now it sounds just absolutely incredible. Like, it's just so responsive to picking dynamics. Like, it's even with pedals, it's better. Like, things cut through. It just sounds... Even Tyler said, "Like, what did my dad do to your amp?" Really? Okay. Yeah, it sounds good, dude. We might have to do like a compare and contrast one day. We'll do a YouTube tutorial for people. Where yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm Danny. I've got the stock Fender. I mean, it's but that the thing is, like, you can get good sounds out of it stock. Yeah, like, it's a Fender tube. I bought it because I just love that spring reverb. I mean, I yeah. I don't know amps that well, so if, like for me, it was just I was excited about that, and then I had only had a Line Six before it, so it was like, oh yeah, like anything's a step up. If you're taking the jump from from a, Line Six to yeah. real world, yeah, yeah, then it's you're automatically gonna be like, oh my god, it's like this so much a whole warmer new world, and yeah, like real, yeah, but yeah, going from and it's it's subtle, like 
I don't know. The the jump from from yours to mine would probably be noticeable just because of all the shit that mm-hmm. is on. But like the most recent upgrades, like after I had the speakers and the tubes replaced and all this shit to where I just got it, it's it's more subtle, but I noticed. Like okay. even though I play the amp like all the time and I yeah. even noticed. It was yeah. like it, it's just clearer it's just sharper when you like finger pick something you know you can get that bite out of it hell yeah and like playing through like overdrive and delay and stuff you hear the parts clearer still it's like it's less it just takes pedals better now mm-hmm. i would just i couldn't believe it it is uh, electronics don't make sense to me <laughs> at all yeah is that my scene like someone someone made a phone one day you know like i don't get that <laughs> <laughs> I got lost the other day trying to think of how they who the first person was and I still don't understand how it works where like vinyl captures sound like because for a minute the other day I had the dumbest thought in my head possible (laughs) I thought for a second that just like if you put grooves onto anything if like I like made a wax like or like if I made a mold of an album like if I took Abbey Road and made a mold of the grooves and then put my own wax on it that like that would make the music and I was like no that doesn't make any sense that's like over there's a recording of like 1960 like it, it just doesn't yeah i don't get that shit yeah but we, that doesn't make sense but why does vinyl make sense I, you know i, I don't, don't know. know i don't, I don't get, get it. it for the life of me and i've you know even even like reading like an explanation of what's happening it doesn't make it more clear to me no nope. like it's it just, gives me more questions usually yeah it further veils it yeah or like a computer like a series of ones and zeros makes all that shit happen. Yeah, that stuff <laughs> makes sense to me. That's that no, no, I'm kidding. No, oh yeah, the, the ones saying. and zeros. That's my language. That's my native tongue. Yeah, dude, uh, that's so fucking crazy to me. Yeah, but uh, anyways, <laughs> music and such, tech talk. Yeah, I mean, are you? So, are you more of like the type? Because I mean, you saw I, that vocal board you ha- that pedal that you have i almost bought one of those the tc helicon yeah yeah, yeah. i have one of the tc Hel- it's over there on the, bo- the bottom corner the mic mechanics oh i don't know okay oh it's a tc helicon but it's just like a one pedal thing okay and i'm more of i don't i'm intimidated by digital pedals and stuff like where you have like banks and presets and shit yeah i like knobs yeah like, where it's, it's you simple. just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like i have uh i have tc helicon vocal pedals but i have like they make a series of them where they're singular units and they're designed to be daisy chained so i have like a little board with four of them okay I have like a doubler a reverb a delay and a compressor oh that's interesting it's literally just like guitar pedals yeah yeah, yeah. so i have like a little vocal board and then my big guitar board yeah that's crazy um i mean more things to possibly go wrong honestly is all it is yeah but what kind of like not being like a tech person sound like me like what do you like what kind of got you into effects and like, are you into really into effects or was it just kind of like you had a, something like, I want this sound. How do I get it? I got, I guess I got to have this pedal type of thing. Yeah, it was well for the, it's basically, I really got it strictly just for the auto tune. Um, because the last album I did was there's auto tune on like a lot of it. And it's just a lot of like, I was just really in that world of being inspired by like Radiohead and how they use vocal manipulation and what we're, like Frank Ocean, what we were talking about earlier, yeah. Boney Vare, Kanye, uh, Dirty Projectors. Those are like some of my favorite artists all time. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of the music I make is very distant from that, like back to the acoustic guitar. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Acoustic guitar solo or like piano solo or just like rock band kind of thing. 
and I've always wanted to make music a little more experimental like that. So the last album, the guy who I work with, Brandon Brefka, he's really good at tech stuff. And he was like my engineer and co-producer. And oh, okay. so that was like a real marriage of like my songwriting and like my taste for that stuff with his knowledge of how to do it. Yeah. And he's just, he's just like incredible at that kind of thing. He makes movies now and he makes like, Oh, sick. perfect looking real. Like he showed me a cut of his movie the other day. And I thought it was when he first put it out, I thought it was an ad in front of it for like a, a real studio movie. And it was yeah. like, no, that's just your movie. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so I bought it because I knew I wanted to do that stuff live, and I knew part of what made that stuff that stuff was the the like actual material of the sound. Like it couldn't just be me on acoustic or like me yeah. with a rock band playing it. Um, that's why a lot of that. I mean, Sisyphus is kind of like one of maybe two songs that we've ever played live from it. Because the other stuff, I just don't still fully. I mean, we could, I want to look at live arrangements, and I know they're not going to be the same as what the album is. But the album yeah. itself is so rooted in just like looping and logic you know and just like building oh, loops okay. and like so i'm not that's not my world i don't know like samplers and stuff i want to get into that at some point yeah you know you could always like mm, it's, it's tough to bring it in with like a when you already have a live band with you yeah i was gonna say you could always just throw on the backing track and just and just sing i would i mean down the road i'd like to actually do some shows like that because it's just a it's another angle I mean, Tommy York does it you yeah know? exactly and I, lo- I love those shows where they like literally just like dj their own music live i think that's sweet. yeah i think that's such a cool marriage of like rock uh style and tradition with like contemporary music making yeah there's that and then there's also you know i like what uh like tame impala does mm-hmm. where you know he has like a full band play that shit live yeah and then have you seen yeah. though he also has that thing where he does and i think it just started from covid but they were doing like three person sets where they were still doing like currents and it was like a mix of like real live bass like the instruments that need to be live because yeah. they want to change and kind of improv but then uh-huh. a lot of like l- still just like live triggering loops oh that's and dope. that was really sweet to see it like I love artists like that too, yeah, where they can make like the same song work with like a five person band, a three person band. So yeah. well, that, that's sweet always. Yeah, I, that's something that like I haven't done well enough. I thought, I, thought, I gotta yeah. say, I thought for having not seen In a Daydream live as a full band, yeah, I thought you, the songs came across really well. I, solo. I, I appreciate that. And like I've, you know, other people have told me that and it's it's hard for me to feel it because I'm so used to, the songs in my head are like even when I write them, they're not meant to be like solo. Yeah, right, right. You were. have the full like arrangement yeah. kind of there. I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. But this, but you know, I will say that like the newer songs, like I'm consciously better about it. Like the newer songs are simpler. They're more guitar driven than well, they're all guitar driven. But like the more, uh, there's more. It's more like chord progression driven rather than like ambient parts being like the main thing. Well, when you write, um. Do you write thinking about it as a recording and not as like a live thing? Like I find that when I write yeah. up until recently, at least I'm only thinking about it as like a song on an album, like not a, yeah. like the main, the main uh thing that I think about, I don't even really think that deeply. I think about like, can I sing over this? Like is um, my guitar part? Am I kind of, where can I sing and where can I not sing? Cause it's too complicated. Okay. Like, and that's cause I always write guitar first and i always have like you know i I have to like stop myself from playing certain parts because i'm like all right i gotta sing at some point here like i need to change this part so because i'm not very good at like 
doing i could never play drums dude because like trying to do two d- different things at once yeah it sounds it like we should not uh collaborate <laughs> together because we have no complementary <laughs> skills we're both are just, we're just good the at the same, same stuff shit. and shitty at the same <laughs> yeah all right cool man you're gonna, you're gonna do drums and engineer <laughs> <laughs> right. that's funny no, we'll have a band called Two Kings, where we just boss everybody. <laughs> Two kings, around. no queens. Yeah. so bad. <laughs> but no, I just think about that. And but you know, I guess to kind of answer the question that you're asking, though, like I, because I, I, I get what you're saying. Is it is it more about the recording, or is it more about what can I do to reproduce this live? Like, yeah, I just feel like in the last couple of years, I've started thinking about live music more. Like I was my whole time being into music, I've always been obsessed with albums. Yeah. Like the same way I'm obsessed with books is just like these like texts, these like, like mm. tomes kind of. Yeah. And then in the last couple of years, I got really into the grateful dead and it's interesting to me the way like the albums don't matter at all. And like people right. who are into them, it's just about like, Oh dude, like spring of 72 was like, it's about periods and like the songs morph over oh, time. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And so, I mean like, I'm not that it, it hasn't really changed my writing at all. Like I'm not writing now thinking about like, Oh, this one will be, cool live but also as like local musicians i feel like playing live is almost more important than like the recording in a way yeah and i wish i it like makes me want to sometimes i think like oh i should write something like i should write an album or an ep just that i know it will like work live like just to have for that like even if i don't love it as the album itself i, I notice what you notice too but i also i also don't care at all like, that's cool uh, you know that's, that's like, i think that's a good way you, to be when you talked about like you know you're just making a recording like that is all I give a shit about yeah, because yeah. I like I because I'm confident that like what what it becomes live is going to be good too. Like I like the idea, and I've talked to the band, you know, at no at nauseum about this. <laughs> like they've heard me say this a million fucking. They're times. tired of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, you know, you guys like I'm I'm my main thing that I care about the most is how does the studio recording sound and like how much of me am I putting into that because mm-hmm. I don't. You know, because the the last record I made, I made just myself. I had a drummer do the drums. I did literally everything else, and yeah. so I didn't have the band that I have now until after that was already done. So not poppy on that. No. Okay. No. Um. Yeah. So they all joined afterwards, and I was like, "All right, you know, here are the parts that I played. You guys can do different shit within reason. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And now this most recent, I mean, the new record that we're working on, like. I'm still writing all the songs, but guys are writing their own parts and stuff. And mm-hmm. and I'm changing some of them in the studio because like I'm there just kind of supervising everything as they do their parts. And I'm like making changes and they're all cool about it, you know. Yeah. But I don't have any delusions that they're going to all do exactly what I asked them to do live. And I don't want them to either. Like, yeah. I like being like thinking of the band as like, a living document yeah almost, yes you know I, like, I use that phrase ad nauseum yeah like, yes that, <laughs> yep i was because okay it's so like the next show we're doing uh guitarists and keyboardists can't make it so austin and andrew solway are sitting in and that's like what i was saying to andrew the other day i was like please like i want this to be like where the grateful dead had like their different keyboardists over the years and like the songs would have different versions yeah via each keyboardist like i'm excited to hear like what each song the solway yeah version sounds like so like do your thing yeah no that's great like, like I, you said though exactly like that with it reason <laughs> like, yeah right like don't but turn no, it into it's a so rare like, that anyone ever does anything that i'm like fuck that like maybe sometimes there's like little stuff but generally like yeah the songs 
figured out people are just kind of like they know the vibe and they speak that language yeah and it's like you know i think of myself as a fan of of bands like i go see radiohead they're my favorite band so it's Mm -hmm. it's good that you keep bringing them up because i will continue to bring them up on every episode of the podcast ever oh yeah but like if i go see them and they play like weird fishes with an alternate arrangement or something i'm fucking stoked i feel yeah. like i saw something that no one else ever saw they are still the best live band i've ever seen i saw them front row at the palace on the king of limbs tour oh, i was at that show you were at that show too? i wasn't front row but i was there it was also the, that's insane it was the second time i ever did acid too it was just like a <laughs> mind melting moment oh my and God. i swear to god the versions of the king of limbs stuff they were doing they were like extending it all and they had the two drummers and it yeah, was i didn't just get like, king of limbs yet then I was like too early on into my radio. I had, I think, just maybe clicked into it because by the time I feel like that was the summer between my senior year and my freshman year of college. And I know by the time I was in freshman year of college, that was like my favorite album in the world in that in that moment. Yeah, Lotus Flower and Bloom. Oh, and dude, I was Separator. an old band that we we covered Lotus Flower. Like, really? Yeah, like yeah. fairly uh, loyal to the like. We did it like we saw like uh, we watched like a, a live version of it still with like the boom like the synth the like, like okay yep. okay yep oh yeah yep and like that was like the one song where i just didn't play guitar i just sang yeah you, know, like, you do your around. tom yeah dude. <laughs> yeah maracas but it was so i mean i love that record now oh yeah but you know back to the the idea though it's it's like it's i as a fan i would want to see different arrangements i'd if I'm a big fan of someone, I know exactly what the record sounds like. I don't mm. need to hear that. Mm. Like I can, and I'm good with it. But like, if you're going to throw something else at me, I'm guessing that the band is doing that because they're more excited about this new version yeah. than they are the one that they've been playing forever. Yeah. So give that to me. like, And that's what I want. I want the guys in my band to feel like they're not an employee of mine. You right. know, that they right. have like a say-so in what the actual live like thing that the band is like is partially theirs yeah totally. you know i i want them to have that and i for me like my most like the most important thing to me like i said is the record because i think that's the thing i'm best at like i'm an all right live performer but i'm not a great like front man like energy like, i'm that's not my thing like it's my thing is the studio yeah and that's the thing that's I how about. i feel too yeah and that's the thing that like stands there for you when you're not there where it's yeah like, that's yeah that feels like it's like my negative imprint of me that I'm, or at least the one I'm like trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. And like people go see a live show. They don't really have people don't give a fuck. If it's, <laughs> you know, like yeah, if it sounds good, but it is crazy. I do think that is one th- when you see like a live band that's local that you haven't heard of and they really do like blow you away. It is such like a crazy experience though. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I often feel like I'm about to be that for people. hell yeah whenever i play like i I play for like if i'm playing a a room where it's like wow a lot of these people don't know me i get really excited because i'm like i'm like wow these people don't even know and i feel like (laughs) and and i'm assuming you feel like you're at like the best point yet for yourself too it's like you're oh yeah gotten better and so like oh they get to see like all these new people get to see for the first time this version of me that is my best yeah you know what i mean like where i'm when i'm playing for like my friends who've followed me for like five to ten years it's like they've seen enough shitty shows where like they've already got that picture in their head of me. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. But like if someone can see me new for the first time at like where I feel like I'm at now, it's like yeah. cool. Like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and I've, I've had friends come out to see me where they haven't seen me since it was just me and like a drummer. Like I used to do two piece shows cause that's all I had. Yeah. You know, but, uh, 
that was just to get the name out there a little bit. Right. But I don't know how much good it even did because we didn't have any music online or anything. But yeah, I'm a really you know I have friends that have seen me like that, but have not seen us as a full band, and so I'm like, can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. But yeah, when anytime a new person sees us, and this isn't like you know maybe it's a little bit a little cocky, you know, like that's fine. I feel like I have room in my brain to feel a little cocky without feeling like I'm a terrible fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to be a little like, I don't know, safely arrogant. Like, you know, like not, not that I'm like, if you're not, I'm not comparing myself to other people. I'm not saying like, I'm good because you're bad. I'm just saying I'm good. Right. You know what I mean? In my way. And like, I love, it's not like you're starting a cult. Where you're like, I'm great. Follow me, right, right, like, right, I, I'm right. Making my music and I feel good about it. Yeah, I, like I want to see bands that are like into themselves and also are good. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I I can't stand it when like if someone is just really, I don't know, like really overly flashy or like into themselves, but their music is just like maybe good, but derivative like just generic yeah i'm like all right dude you know like congratulations <sighs> i guess live's a weird thing because i do feel like live i i think on paper i can't say for certain like i would need examples but on paper i do think a better live show would be someone who's got good material but is very confident versus like someone who's got great material and is not that confident yeah because i feel like my favorite quote i've heard recently was I think it was Kim Gordon. She said like people go to concerts to see people feel confident about themselves, like to see someone on stage, like being the most confident they can be. Yeah. And like, I I do feel, I feel like a lot of the best shows I've ever seen, like whether it's them just like jumping around feeling good or them being like too cool for school and like, yeah, being Julian Casablancas, like there's something about like, if you've got someone who's on stage who really can believe in what they're doing and like embody it fully, even if it's not the greatest, I'd rather see that than like Tom York, play his stuff if he weren't believing in himself you know what yeah. i mean like it, it would just you have to you really do have to like sell it like the medium is the message like i'm figuring that out that's too. i feel like i'm that too i feel yeah. like for the longest time i was always cocky about like i know my material's good and then i'd always get pissed when my friends would leave talking about like some other band who i felt like was like you were saying playing <laughs> derivative shit but they were like actually good live at it yeah yeah and then like i started to realize that like that that matters just as much like that is yep. that i mean that's the like the product itself like is that so yeah you gotta get it through that it's in reality the i'm theory. the i'm the snob sitting there thinking like oh the other this watching a band this is, is like utterly keys. killing it but also like i know exactly what this is i already have heard this a million times yeah, in so yeah. many different ways oh this is just spoon yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah. dude yeah <laughs> it's just jealousy but, yeah, what it right. is, but then they're know? killing it actually. i'm not the one up there killing it right yeah now. yeah <laughs> doing the shit with uh, my stuff which is derivative of my own yeah. influences but it's yeah. my world so it's just like I don't know. It's one of those. That's where that's the the opposite side of the ego spectrum, where it's just like it can bite you in the ass. Oh, too. totally. It can be like totally. It's hard. That's one of the hardest things for me is to like uh, to be. This sounds so shitty, but like to be happy for other people when I'm not satisfied. Yeah, especially you know? with the music stuff, because I mean, like it. It's yeah. I, I know what you mean, but like, it's a double in the same that thing's also a double-edged thing where i feel like on one hand i have that where it's like just like an inherently competitive thing of like shit i want to have that or whatever but then at the same time like it's been really inspiring seeing artists from the same area 
who like we were talking about earlier that you could just run into doing things that i would be surprised by like 60 right. like for example like uh michigander who like i was i had heard the name for a long time had never really listened to the music and then a year ago i looked him up on spotify and saw like five million monthly listeners or something like that or like it might yeah have been more than it might have or maybe it was like five hundred thousand or something but some just like insane number yeah and i was like holy shit like i know people who know that part like how is that happening from here like yeah and so it was it, like one part of you is like fuck i've I want to be doing that. And then, but then the other part's like, shit, that can actually happen. Like that yeah. is a possibility. I don't have to move to New York and like leave my dad. Right. And, like it's happening to them because like I was talking to Tyler about it. Like Tyler is kind of like known Michigander for a while. And like it's happening because they kept putting shit out mm-hmm. and they kept pushing and they kept mm-hmm. being good. Yeah. It's not because they're just gaming the system. Right. They didn't get, like a handout i mean you know the, the, they caught a, a break yeah for sure but, but, but you, have, but, but you, you don't catch the there. break if you don't like you just said keep doing it and yeah. stuff and like that's and that's where once again it returns to like you gotta have that voice in your head that's saying like i'm good this is worth doing yeah because even if no one does like bite on it i do feel like if you do the shit for like 30 years over time even if you're just slowly collecting an audience or whatever by yeah. the end you should have some sort of well it's just like in audience. The freedom dude that john yeah. franz book the guy i can't remember his fucking name but he like he's just like a middling musician for years and, and then years finally and years. he hits it yeah gets discovered by wilco oh that's right i yeah. forgot about that aspect. yeah that's right <laughs> i always think about that character too that's funny yeah and like the other friend took like the like good smart money route and yeah yeah yep, yep. that's such a franz and kills it dude i fucking yep. love that book so much yeah uh yeah it's but yeah it's the thing and you can invent reasons to tell yourself that it's worth it to keep going like i after this we put this record out like we had a couple cool things but i was really cynical about it like you know we got a stereo gum feature but i was dude cynical. what i didn't know that that's sick yeah hell but, yeah and that was my I reaction i love stereo gum like as just like a music critic fan too like that's like my one of my favorite publications i was happy it was, it was more than just like uh it was for our first single like ever that's awesome and uh, you know we paid for it to an extent we paid for a pr person and that was my cynical brain like saying like this isn't real imposter syndrome type of thing and Mm -hmm. and you know i to an extent still maybe feel a little bit that way but then you realize like everybody yes that's just how it works everybody you see on that website at one point they paid somebody exactly to get there and because i always feel that way i always feel like uh like like some self-hatred about like doing self-promotion and shit and feeling like my friends are looking at me like all right dude like i get like yeah enough fucking danny vans and then i think like in my head i'm like well you all love alex g and like in my head my vision of alex g is someone who doesn't do any self-promo and like doesn't care about that shit but they obviously did to get where they are right they weren't just in their room forever yeah they had to have some photos taken of themselves and like yeah yeah like that's you gotta just i don't know i'm always deal with that shit yeah for me i kind of it was there was like a a period of trial by fire with my friends because you know i come from the type of background where a lot of athletes a lot of like stereotypical guys like you know just fucking with each other hard as a sign of affection yeah and like i'm still like that and i'm not yeah I'm not, yeah i'm not uh disavowing that but it was like when i finally decided that i was just going to be like unabashedly myself yep. and just go for these things mm-hmm. there was a definitely a period where my friends were ripping on me a ton <laughs> and that's awesome i started though. dressing differently but yeah. I, I i felt like i was finally just being myself that's awesome though yeah and you know and that's i've always wanted to be and i was just you know 
I just had to just develop steel balls and, you know, just take it. Yeah. And now I'm like, that's, that's like become somewhat part of my reputation with my friends. Whereas before I was like really timid and like, just, it's hard to imagine myself the way I was because like I was so in my head worried about just not wanting to deal with like the criticism, the jokes and yeah, the criticism. Yeah, and I'm still there for sure. And now it's like, I find myself doing things in hopes that I will get that. Now you're like perfect sell. Yeah. Like, just like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, if my friends aren't criticizing something I'm doing and I'm not doing it enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, but it's just like, I feel like more myself and it, it's, it's better overall. Everyone should just be that. Yep, you know, <laughs> I, it's easy for me to do it with like the music, with like music, because it's like the the thought I had a few years ago that really helped me was like, I remember just like when people would play me when friends would play music for like other people and they'd be like blah 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 didn't like it. I'd always just like get upset about it, and then I started thinking like, well, fucking Jason doesn't like Pavement either, so why do I give a shit about their taste? Like <laughs> if you like if they don't get that, then like yeah, I don't like cool i feel better actually that they don't like it like that's yeah good. like great. right i don't want them liking it <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, yeah i mean if you're writing shit that everybody likes i don't know like yeah what is that yeah christmas music <laughs> like, <laughs> like, i don't even like know i don't even know but i was gonna say the beatles but i feel like more than ever i hear people hate on the beatles so i feel like it's just one of those hipster things that like you know uh people like to hate on the beatles because they're fucking nonconformist or yeah i could I also know. see for i could also see where if you're not from like a specifically rock music context where the beatles like if you're from the world of rock music the beatles catalog is so diverse and you can hear yeah. like how wide-ranging it is and like understanding the context of what was around yeah and how they're stuff. like yeah and yeah. like their narrative and you have a framework for it but i can see where if you come from different music it just sounds like this like one moment in time of yeah i don't know yeah yeah I yeah it doesn't sound any different Song from like sucks <laughs> i guess then i say that but then if you play like tomorrow never knows right after that they're gonna sound completely different. yeah there's no arguing that yeah, yeah but i guess maybe not everyone who hates on the beatles has heard tomorrow never knows right yeah yeah it's you know i, I just i just can't stand when people like hate on something that's like so clearly like they're accomplished like so clearly we're not talking about like doja cat here okay we're not talking about like iggy azalea's five minutes of existence like and they were huge Mm -hmm. it's okay i mean we're not talking about hating on that we're talking about like someone who had like a storied established career like clearly they were good they were not pretenders for 20 you know for that long being famous yeah like it's not to say that, like, oh, they suck. They're overrated. It's like, I mean, I guess, dude. I mean, how 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 can anything that huge not be overrated? Like, when things get blown out of proportion to that extent, it's impossible to live up to the size of it. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. It's not a valid criticism. Yeah. It's just, it's, you're criticizing humanity at that point. How can you criticize the band? They just made the music. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, first of all, let me say, I'm going to ride for Doja. I think if Doja doesn't quit, I see Doja being a career artist. There you go. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, like, okay, earlier when we were talking about music criticism and how it's like tough to shit on stuff, there's also, I feel like there's been this wave lately in music criticism that comes from like, like just modern, like cultural relativism where it's like this idea of like, well, maybe I'm not from that culture, so I shouldn't like hate on it. Yeah. And part of me feels that like, I think, I agree with that in general. I mean, with music, it's not the same as like hating on someone for being a different religion and what their practices are. Like it's a little less serious. 
yeah but it's still it's still important and yeah anyways um yeah so like if you want to hate on like yeah it's so if you want to hate on like a celebrated career artist like the beatles or like like bob country, dylan like Garth i used to hate on bob dylan when i was in high school because yeah. like, he's bad at singing i was such an idiot well like, yeah like <laughs> if you it's like if it's not your thing that's totally cool yeah like, and even if you want to express like what you don't like about it and like your view on why for you it doesn't work i think that's cool and interesting but like i feel like at the end of the day you also have to like not you obviously but just like you the right, listener, right has to just be like okay well that's someone else's culture and like within yeah. their world that is like a high achievement and it's also i feel like it's generally pretty easy to hear something and be like i don't like this but i can hear why that's considered like like i can hear metallica not be a metal guy and be like yeah oh, i get why this is the like. yeah like a difference in taste is not the same thing as like a criticism you know like ah, it's tough i feel like they're overlap i don't know they, they yeah i guess you, you're right i guess they do like because all criticism i feel like is like a judgment of taste yeah it's i don't know it's tricky stuff and then even with getting into the doors of like, I don't want to critique someone else's culture, that gets tough because then you have to draw lines between cultures and like that box of stuff. And yeah. It, it's a it's a slippery slope and I don't think there's necessarily like a right way. Yeah. Like I, I at least I think part of my like maturation, I guess, as like a person as or just a music listener is like is just kind of what you're describing. Like if I don't like something, I, I don't like go adamantly against it verbally <laughs> you yeah. know i just think all right not gonna listen to it that's been a huge learning curve for me is like i feel like for a long time in college i was like very pretentious and like my taste is good taste oh, your taste yeah. is bad taste yeah. and i yeah. feel like i've gotten to a point where uh i've heard someone say i can't remember who well okay to pierre bordeaux this like cultural critic guy he had this whole thing about how like taste is always just determined by like social factors like taste is always kind of political in a way like what you like has been shaped by what you've been taught is good and that's always going to reflect like what class you're from and like so like anyways the the thing mm-hmm. i heard that blew my mind was like that it's so easy to hate on nickelback and everyone loves to do it or whatever right. and it's obviously so played out but, but anyways it was like a hot thing to do 10 years ago but it's not like someone who's like getting off on nickelback don't think that they're not having just as like intensive an experience as you are when you listen to like Bob Dylan, Danny and think you're some better person. It's just yeah. conditioned that just fits your worldview in a way that feels right. But there's fits their worldview in a way that like, yeah. And to think your worldview is better is just to like, is to, to be like, yeah, to like, uh, it's like not cool. Actually. It's yeah, like it's, elitist and like, it shows that you're, it's like a gap in your wisdom. Yeah, right exactly. There. And I'm trying, like, it's still, I got to battle with that every day because some yeah. shit I think just fucking sucks. Oh, but. dude. Yeah. Like, when I think about, like, the experience of just being at Electric Forest, I think about, like, <laughs> I, I'm like, dude, there's no fucking way. Like, I could, I, but yeah. there's no denying the joy that people have. That is just widespread. Exactly. Exactly. And that's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. I don't know about you because if I do hate something, like I always joke with my friend Dylan, who I do the podcast with, I'll text him. If I've gone into a coffee shop to like do homework or something and there's music on I don't like, I almost always have to leave. Dude, like, yeah. I can't hold, like, I can't. The December's come on and I'm out. Like, I'm such a dick about it. Dude. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, like in the car, I'm like, yo, can we not listen to this? I'm like, I start to get mad, like, yeah, frustrated. Like, yeah. the, or the worst is, I don't know if you ever have this, I'll put on a song at work by an artist I like, and then Spotify will suggest the next thing. And if it's an artist I don't like, and other people know I put on... Oh, last, yeah. And I get like, so oh, worried no. that they think I like this. <laughs> like, I have to like, really go out of my way to be like, this is yeah. my shit, man. This is yeah. not my shit. <laughs> Just yeah. so you know. It's like some dude who's like 45 and does not give a shit at all. That's like, how you know. doesn't like, even know what music's playing. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm so bad about that. Uh, like, I... 
that's how I know I'm like a real like deep down musician yeah. because like my core identity is attached to my taste yep. to what how per- people perceive me as like a music listener 100%. and maker like that's how I know like yep. that's like my thing well that's what, okay so that is what I was texting you about that I wanted to ask you like who for you not to like make you round it down but who are the biggest influences you feel like on your music mm. well I was uh, when I first started writing music it was say anything okay uh like is a real boy okay that era um and then like i don't know fallout boy was one back okay. then like in talking about like formative years like yeah. say anything fallout boy and then in uh early college high school uh r.i.p but you know brand new was was like <laughs> all the- yeah yep. Uh, yeah yep <laughs> brand new was like uh in terms of just vibe and like i was really like dark and i guess like this side of purgatory what i made like that was like the culmination of like all the shit i was writing for a long time like being really inspired by like brand new manchester orchestra uh radiohead mm-hmm. well circus survive okay and then nowadays i feel like i've kind of exhausted that side of things yeah and i still have you know like say anything th- those like non-linear chord stru- non-linear um song structures i mean um you know, like atypical like not verse chord it's just like you know the song i sent you doesn't have like a chorus right, doesn't right. have a, it just it's actually the same chord progression the entire time mm-hmm. just in different ways over and over mm-hmm. and over new melodies come yeah up. yep yep and i think now it's more like i'm trying on purpose to find uh you know interesting ways to convey things like john mayer you know i'm trying to find like ways to take the essence of that and like convey it in a say anything song structure type thing. what do you when you say like what does john mayer represent for you when you say that like what is it about it's it's more about just like feeling like the falsettos like the just like the the pretty sound stuff that sounds pretty but through it, the aesthetic of like yeah brand new okay like emo emo um yeah. or like you know, not necessarily emo, but like... Is um, there a genre that you give your band? Like, is there one that you do feel like attached to in any way? <laughs> indie, or? art, rock. I, I say indie, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Yeah. Uh, definitely like, like the last one I called like emo art rock. Okay. You know, because we use like all the interludes and shit, like all the artsy song titles. I was going to say the titles are big time art rock, which I love, yeah. by the way. When yeah. I went to your Spotify page for the first time and saw the titles, I was like, okay, this is, we're on a good track. I like this. Yeah. yeah. They're all, they're all... uh book titles book chapters oh i didn't know that though yeah. okay this okay. side of purgatory is uh i was reading this side of paradise by f scott fitzgerald okay it's his first book yep it was our my our first record it was like one of those parallel things that's sweet yeah romantic egotist and narcissist off duty both of the singles those are both uh chapter titles in this side of paradise okay yeah. so you know I'm who else did uh fitzgerald reference do you know fleet foxes yeah they're all i mean up is like a oh yeah that's an essay yeah yeah yep. yeah you know and that's funny because my upcoming album is called great gatsby too oh really no i would love to do that though <laughs> that'd be dope dude great, great gatsby <laughs> too that's so good dude wow that's like so fuck you <laughs> yeah, i always love when bands do like where like the replacements did now i'm called let it be like I just like yeah dude hell fucking yeah <laughs> or like Wilco lately, I I haven't listened to their last few albums, but the titles Wilco Schmilco, 
uh, Star Wars. Like I just yeah. love like just we're yeah. done. It's over. Like, I think I'll call we'll call the next one the Off White album. I like that. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Virgil. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so great, Gatsby too, man. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love. Uh, you know, I was telling you like the next record we do is a Kurt Vonnegut reference and. Mm-hmm. All the chat, all the book. I keep saying it, like all the song titles are Vonnegut quotes. Like okay. the next record is like my like uh, ode to Kurt Vonnegut. That's wild. I, I love him so much. On a slight, very small level, like he'd be one of the smaller. If my mood board was like a, a Coachella poster, he'd be one of the smaller names. But yeah. Vonnegut was kind of on for like my next stuff too. Like his yeah. sort of like sci-fi black humor. Yeah, take on modern life, dude. Yeah, like the. It, it's the whole like Hollywood nightclub thing. It's it's like that. There's a chapter in Sirens of Titan where they're literally in the caves of Mercury, just two of them, like apparently trapped, and it's just like you know, light years away from civilization and all this stuff. But there's like these cave creatures that they're like iridescent and they glow. And one of the guys looks out the spaceship window and like doesn't know where they are, and he thinks that he's in a Hollywood nightclub. So it's like that's the title of the chapter and it's it's this like idea that like you can see something and things can appear to be like this great thing. You, oh my god, it's a Hollywood nightclub, but really you're just like the most alone you've ever been. Yeah. And I'm the type of person if I'm in a club, I surrounded by people and lights and energy, I feel so like get me out of here. Oh yeah, club that is not my scene. I remember early on just feeling like okay, I'm not the the guy who's going to meet a romantic partner in a club. I'm going like, to no. go to Coney Island and like sit and have coffee. Like that's yeah. where I do my talking or whatever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's just he's so good. It's so easy for to read him. Mm-hmm. And from my experience reading like all his books so far like at the end it goes from like that dark comedy and stuff to just whoa, this is just dark and beautiful. Like yeah. at the end, I'm like, wow. And there's like all these little bits of insight that if you just pluck them out, there's no comedy in them. You know what I mean? They're surrounded by comedy, but the little, you know, bits of insight themselves are just wisdom. Yeah. And it's, it's just criticism or it's just whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And like that, that's the type of stuff that I like naming songs after. And that's the type of stuff that I like to. You know, I like to showcase that stuff, and I yeah. I don't mind, you know, having literally all song titles be just something someone else wrote because it's like my way of showing, like, hey, I didn't make this music all by myself. I was inspired, right? And I think you it's, know? I I I think it's cool too because it gives like a framework for the listener of like what your like aesthetic world is or whatever. And yeah, it, it's also just cool to like feel like you're part of a tradition or something and like to like wanna like put your work next to that work and yeah I think that's cool like yeah I'm that same I feel like I've had a lot of titles where it's like reference based for sure yeah like I especially in the 21st century where like you're not gonna write songs about fucking trees and rivers anymore like like it's (laughs) Kmart's and fucking like that's David Foster Wallace I'm totally stealing this from him but like yeah it's all proper noun shit everywhere like like there's no force there's McDonald's now like so how am I gonna have a song that's not a proper noun reference to like yeah 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 that is actually pretty insane that life used to not be like yeah it used to be like William Wordsworth like the babbling brook by the the mountains (laughs) like that's not i think that's one of my lead to be critical i hate like seeing coffee shop shows where people are singing about like the moon or like dude that's my 
I mean, I've done that before, so that's probably why yeah. I hate it. This self hatred redirect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's like you watch. Uh, like I'm a big hockey fan, and they keep introducing more and more advertisements onto the ice. Yeah, now they're on the helmets. Next yep. year they're going to be on the jerseys. Are they on the jerseys? I knew the NBA be like a like, little. Yeah, just like the NBA. Yep, they're, they got them on the jerseys now, and it's a slippery slope. You know, the, Batman keeps saying like, oh. They're going to have them on the helmet, but not going to have them on the jerseys. The Detroit know? City Football Club, their new jerseys have the Chevy logo in the middle. That's like the like main part. That's but that's what's funny in Infinite Jest is the uh, the years being yeah. being sponsored. <laughs> like it's no longer, it's not the year 2025. It's the year of the Whopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just, good. It's so good. I mean, it's he saw it coming. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Michigan football there. Uh, it's not necessarily an, a sp- an advertisement but it is a sponsor like like anytime jim harbaugh was named as the head coach on like in writing he was like the j ira something something family head football coach oh yeah so it's also part of that history of like i feel like it's simming at universities where like you win a fellowship you win the like yeah that probably i guess i didn't think about it but that like patron shit goes back deep in time like that even connects to like renaissance shit like the medici like now it's just funny that it's like chevy instead of right someone's name it seems like it's also the same with like uh arenas like where it goes from being like like the joe lewis arena to now yeah, little caesars yes yeah or like uh the forum to staples center and then post staples center now it's crypto.com <laughs> arena like that's yeah. the next future <laughs> yeah it's like when soldier boy named his album soldier boy tell yeah that's so good though. It's, yeah <laughs> in a daydream.com i might do that that's see in a daydream.tv yep oh i like that yeah it's just your fucking like or make you just your instagram handle at <laughs> yeah. the name of the album. god see it's like everything i hate about the world like, yeah but sometimes it's fun to do the stuff you hate the most to just yeah. like embody it yeah it's you know yeah except racism <laughs> there's a line yeah. You know? yeah you can't do that yeah yeah you can't do that or you know, there's there's probably some other things to throw into the. Yes, I was using it. As a, I'm saying I'm saying I don't want to embody everything I hate. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, here I'm gonna ask you a question, and then I'm gonna hit pause, and then we'll go to your answer. Yeah, so that it doesn't feel like there's a cut. Heard. Even though I'm saying it right now, I'm not gonna yes. cut this part out. But I'm gonna go to the bathroom. But the yes. question is, what do you? F- this is so stupid. I love what it. What do you think? Like in terms of like the direction of music, your own music, like with your next okay yeah i think okay especially coming after like how i was describing the last album where it was very like 21st century like auto-tune-y experimental experimental at least from like a rock context of like bringing in vocal processing and electronics and synths i feel like i wanted to twofold there were two things i wanted to do with it i wanted to like do the opposite of that the opposite of my mind which is just like rock music again but like not in a boring way or whatever and then also I wanted to not do something as self-serious. Like I feel like a lot of the albums I've made are very like from that like Radiohead style thing of like, yeah, just taking it very seriously and like, treating yeah. it, like it has to be perfect. I wanted this to be like super off the cuff and like, I don't give a shit. But yeah, I know obviously I do care about it and stuff, but I want it to have that just like loose feel. Like I want there to be like studio chatter and like yeah. weird shit that like, like, you know, just have like a fun lo- lo-fi like kind of not that it's lo-fi either like austin did a great job with you know like uh like the new abnormal type thing where they have like a lot of the like stuff going on oh, yeah i want like, like the threads to show yeah stuff. yeah yeah exactly like that and then i just wanted to be goofy and i wanted i wanted i feel like with this one i found a lyrical voice for myself that's different from the past and that feels like 
not that the other stuff doesn't feel like me, but this one feels more like the me, like that I live as myself every day. Like we're in the past, like all that stuff was like serious, like inner thought stuff. Like this is yeah. like me just like talking about like the outside world and like being goofy about it. And like, like I feel like I'm, it's me writing in the voice that I talk in with my friends and yeah. kind of, and that feels cool. Yeah. And I feel like I'm like, I'm someone who's a very goofy person and that never showed in my music. Dude, and I, I wanted to talk about that all the time. And I wanted that to like be a part of, I also was like crazy inspired by Tim Heidecker and like, his blending of like i can't tell if it's serious or if it's a joke yeah and like i want i've always wanted to make music for the last few years i've been thinking about like i would love to do like joke music and then real music and then get both to push close to where the point where you can't tell which one's which kind yeah. of yeah like have them start really black and white and then get to a point where people are like i don't know if this is part of his like comedy stuff or if this is like dude the yeah. real vids and album now like yeah and i think this is sort of a, a step in that direction i mean it's all very there's still a ton of super serious stuff i say that it's like i put the littlest bit of well, comedy sure. in it but for me that was like a jump yeah 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 I, I like that a lot like you know we're very similar in that regard i think like i uh like i have like these competing dreams in my head like music and then stand-up comedy oh, like, oh that's sweet okay yeah, like i've done stand-up a few times and it's like my ultimate life dream like would be like the culmination of like both careers if i like had like a if i could picture if i could write it and script it yeah it would be like two nights at the film or the fox theater and one was stand up and one was my this band. is literally tim heidecker's tour right now he's doing where it's not exactly that but he's going town to town and the first half of the show is him doing stand up and then the second half is him playing with his band yeah that's fucking rad yeah that's insane like, yeah that's what i want to do like yep. that's and i'm like trying to build up the music part first mm -hmm. because i think that's the most important thing to me and like i don't want anything to come between that but like i also you know write jokes and like i write stand-up and i watch i consume stand-up like voraciously like i don't hardly ever really listen to music compared to how much i listen to comedy podcasts wow okay yeah. yeah 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 like i because i feel like i have music down like and if i need some inspiration like i'll just find something new or i'll ask a friend and i'll find the right record and boom i got it like yeah. i got a, like like just listening to blonde gave me what i feel like is like a, a solid year's worth of songwriting inspiration cool for myself That's sweet whereas comedy is so much harder for me like i'm a goofy guy too like i can make people laugh just by being a dork that's so different from like the crystallizing art of it into like uh, yeah. writing something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I got a few laughs the first time I did comedy, but then like I tried to do it again and I did not. <laughs> really? That's interesting. Yeah. Like I fucked up. Like I, I didn't do the same jokes. Okay. I should have. <laughs> I didn't know that that's like, I'm like, Normal. oh, yeah. For some reason it's like, did I think it was going to be the same audience the crowd, or something? You had that fresh material, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's because the same comedians were there doing the open mic, so I was like, "Was that actually that is the that was the case?" It was. It was like oh, most of them were the same. Yeah, yeah, it was like at the club above in Ann Arbor, and it was like a Tuesday night oh, open mic. Yeah, yeah, I played there. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. music, not yeah. Comedy, I played yeah. music there a few times, but like, yeah, I did. It's actually a really good, you know, like solid three minute set the first time I did comedy, and like. I just made the mistake of not trying to polish it. And like, I went back like a week later and then fucking bombed. Like it was so bad. I can't even <laughs> imagine like having the, 
uh, confidence to do like I love comedy and I at some it stand up is something at some point I want to try to do is like a bucket list thing just to yeah. even do it once to feel that sensation but I just feel like it'd be so scary compared to music to like not have instruments there's no like beat to groove to you're just standing there with the, the mic just yeah 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 well I think and you know this is just coming from someone clearly who's done it like twice in their life and and, <laughs> and is not by no means an authority in any way yeah but I think like when I just analyze it and I look at it and like my theory would be that if you think that it's funny, like it it's bombing would be okay. If you still thought it was funny, it's just not their stuff. And yeah, you're, you're way less likely to bomb. Like people, you watch comedy and sometimes people are just killing and it's not funny, but they believe it so much. And they, you can tell they really think they're being funny and their energy is there. And people go to a comedy show because they want to laugh. Like if you go to a comedy show and you're sitting there like, mm, uh, you better make me laugh. It's like you suck, dude. Yeah. Like you go to a show because you're ready to laugh. They're primed. Like they're going to laugh at shit they wouldn't normally laugh at. Right. So it's not as hard to get a laugh as like you're on the subway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So but so people are there and ready for it. It's it's so much of a confidence thing. Yeah. And you know, and there's certainly an art to it and there's like a, a math there's a mathematics to it and like joke construction and stuff yeah. like that and i don't know the much about that of the joke. yeah exactly yeah. i don't know much about that but like i'm gonna be taking some trips to like chicago and new york and just gonna go do like just, oh that's sweet i'm just gonna go do some open mics oh yeah just, just going solo yeah. yeah i got friends yeah that live out there that's and, sweet um just to do it like i want to like that's like my goal for this year is to like at some point do stand up in new york just just to say that i did it yep and to like get the ball rolling get get excited about that yeah too. that's and, sweet because it's just fucking fun if nothing else hell yeah and it's like an experience but it's yeah it is it was utterly terrifying the first time i, I can i can only imagine i've never been that scared to play music i yeah like, <laughs> i've never been that scared to do anything yeah, i don't know about you with music even from just like the first time i mean i'm always a little nervous but generally when i get up there it just feels like right or something yeah. like once i start doing it, it's like this is yeah. me yeah i think the last time i was scared to play music was like first time i played the loving touch and like, mm. like i had like my dad was there and like i had a bunch of friends and stuff and it was like midway through the first song i was like this is awesome you know okay you felt you, you yeah, got over the got nerves. Over real quick that's awesome yeah yeah and i've i've never i've never felt nervous more than like a minute into a music set you know i've always been like boom yeah you know? the only times i fuck up and i feel like i can still get nervous is if i have like the one beer too many where then <laughs> yeah. i start thinking in my head i'm like wait a minute you don't have time to think you've got to be doing this all perfectly like right yeah, yeah. And it's just like thinking about thinking yeah and it yeah. turns into a hellhole yeah dude yeah. <laughs> yeah i've i've been like a little bit too drunk on one occasion uh, yep. yeah never again yep never again learned dude. my lesson yeah it's because it's like you're less in control because well, like, you have to like you have to get to these places an hour before doors and it's then you hard. have to like yeah and then you have to like sit there well i'm i'm in a bar for three hours like what am i supposed to do just yeah yeah i've been bringing books <laughs> see that's i mean lately i've just yeah been like going next door and getting coffee or something if that's yeah yeah doing yeah that's what i did uh like not when we played pjs but the time before Mm -hmm. i like just loaded in and then i just like went to a coffee shop and just was like this is what i would normally do anyways yep you know like Mm -hmm. but 
yeah, I don't hang out at bars, <laughs> you know, like I go there to play shows. Basically. Yeah. Like my friends don't do it anymore. I would, but like my friends don't want to. And like rarely do I ever. Right. I'll go like by myself to eat food because I'm weird. But, like, I'd, like, that, that might be like a writer thing too, though. I think. Yeah. yeah like, like, do you, do you write like, uh, outside of like lyrics and stuff? Do you just like write I in do, general? Uh, I do like, I mean, I wanted to be a music critic for a long time. So I, I was really into like blogging and like writing up the same, the stuff that I feel like I do now with the podcast where it's just mm. like writing about music and like why I think some music works, why I think this is important or whatever. Um, and then now I do like art history. Like that's like my like school, like what I'm going to school. Oh, for. Oh really? Yeah. Damn. And so I feel like that also is sort of the same voice of just like writing about why I think certain stuff works and contextualizing it. And like, Mm. so i'll do that kind of stuff but like i haven't tried to write fiction or something like that in like a decade yeah that's that's like a bucket list thing is i'll write at least one book yeah like i have like i have an idea and stuff i just have to do it you know it's i have add really bad though it's hard to like focus it's easy to write a song (laughs) and because you know i only have to get through like five minutes of material verse course double it maybe yeah. add bridge <laughs> right. i don't know every time i get to the if i've written a verse in a course i've convinced myself i've written the full song times two oh, no swap. Not, yeah not me not you okay because i don't have verses in course right you've got really. the like you're saying the say anything yeah. structures where it's different the chorus emerges after the song is written then i think back on it like oh that's kind of a chorus which one's the chorus yeah i got you yeah and sometimes like like in that 222 song like it's it's the same chord progression. So it's like the loudest ones are the choruses. I right. guess dynamics you know? determine it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but it's, it's not, I don't think it's a detriment to not have a chorus. It's a detriment to have a song that doesn't flow together. Yeah. You know, I think songs with choruses are sometimes boring as shit. Yeah. I think like, I have favorite songs that go both ways. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes songs that are awesome that have choruses, like, you know, it's, it, it's it's not about the structure. It's right. about the momentum. It's about like keeping the interest. A hundred percent. It's not anything, and that's why it's really annoying to think that like songs have to be a certain cookie cutter, you know, structure in order to to be money makers. And like pop music has to be like this. It's like no, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like that. Yeah, it I mean, like a Millie to, by Lil Wayne has no chorus, and that yeah, everyone our age knows that. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, it like you know, Kanye is another one where it's yeah. just like it just wild structures just keeps the interest though. Yep, like yep. It, especially it, for like the new like more I don't want to say ADD generation, but like the way smartphones and shit or whatever affect attention, all the bullshit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like I think so. It's cool when songs like oh shit, there's a whole new change now, no whole new change. Yeah, what was the Travis Scott song with Drake that did that sicko mode where it had like the changes? Oh, I didn't realize. I know that song. Yeah, I know it. Exists. It got famous for having the like the beat constantly switched oh i feel like that's yeah it's almost like a medley of a bunch of songs yeah yeah exactly exactly crashing cars together yeah yeah which i think like you know sometimes kanye will get away with some shit like that because he's kanye and i'm just like that's just a different song that drake does that a lot too where it's like two songs just smashed into one yeah yeah it's like oh that's a song yeah i mean okay i'm sure it's don't act like you made an artistic choice to like 
stick this specific thing with this specific thing you were just like all right this is cool all right i got this other thing that's cool like it doesn't make sense together they just are together a lot of times yeah and maybe i I just don't get it i don't know (laughs) i mean there's definitely it's hit or miss with stuff sometimes it works and it's like oh that's crazy the contrast and then other times it's just like what the fuck was that about yeah yeah but you guys any touring um doing as like a solo tour with lester celeste oh yeah um in august we're just doing like a weekend little weekend thing and then apart from that nothing really crazy planned i gotta wrap up school here and then hopefully i've never done like serious touring i would love yeah. to finish school and then like do at least one summer where we really like do yeah. some stuff yeah i was talking to chris after that show he was like in a daydream danny van zandt tour i was like it makes sense dude. that would be sweet i would we love that if you're it, ever man. interested hell yeah yeah the monsters of rock tour <laughs> <laughs> Monsters of Rock <laughs> Tour 2. Dude, dude. Yeah. We're back. Yes. Let's Holy do it. shit, dude. Hello Mega Tour. <laughs> Squash the Beef Tour Part that's, 2. Yeah, <laughs> what was the the Jay-Z R. Kelly one? The best of both worlds, I think it was <laughs> We could do so many parody posters. Dude, we could yeah. do that one. We could do You're gonna be R. Kelly. It just adds up. I'm gonna be Jay-Z if we do that yeah, parody poster. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> walking that road. Beat, yeah. <laughs> I was just telling my band the other day, like uh only thing you need to do to cancel me is just like look at my YouTube and Netflix history. Like and just see who I am. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, there's so many comedians I'm not supposed to listen to that All I you watch. Have to do to you cancel know? me is just have a good five minute conversation with me. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Pretty basic. But yeah. I do think that it's also getting to be like so understood that like certain cancellations are so ridiculous and so so many people are so trigger happy. That finally, like society is like recorrecting. I feel to where like I've definitely heard people talking about like that they think culture might move now into a little more of like a troublemaker era, yeah, or something as opposed to being so safe, which seems natural. I mean, yeah. and obviously, like I think a lot of people who were canceled deserve to be canceled for yeah, sure, for sure, dude. yeah. And then the issue is just that, like, when you get into the like ones where it feels like we're in the weeds, it distracts from the shit that is yeah. big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, and people are like, like I literally, like after like the Chris Rock thing, like I, I saw people posting on Twitter like saying, I think as a society, we've just grown out of the need for comedians. <laughs> I was like, hot take, dude. That doesn't even make That's sense. a flaming hot Cheeto of a take, yeah, dude. as long as there's society, there's going to be a need for co- The idea that there's society means I feel like there's a need for yeah. comedians, yeah. I was just like, whoa. Like, okay. I'm like, you think that, though. Yeah. Like, you either think that or you just think that's going to get you attention. I don't know which one's which, mm-hmm. but like a lot of people were sharing that sentiment that's and I was crazy. just like, dude, this is why I don't go on Twitter. Yeah. It's like people are fucking nuts. Yeah. I swear to God. And like at the risk of sounding like get off my lawn guy, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it just seems like I can't relate with that. Yeah. You know, thankfully it's just a small amount of actual people who are like that. It's just like they all are on Twitter. And you see them. Yeah. Like that's yeah. where they are. Like that's their place. It's like, it's like going to the playground and seeing kids and be like, what the fuck are these people doing you here? Mean? You know what I mean? I didn't think they were all kids in the, there were adults in the world too. I thought <laughs> yeah. weird about a playground. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's what Twitter is now. Yeah. And you know, and Adam Schefter letting you know, like who's going to be injured in the NFL. Like that's what Twitter is. <laughs> I had to get off. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, to- like, I don't know. Social media sucks. I want to find somebody which is such a boring take, by the way. Like it's, it's like, no, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but it's just like it. It doesn't just like 
blankets suck, but like there's so many things about it that like I don't want to do. Yeah. If I wasn't in a band, I probably oh God, yeah. wouldn't be on it. Yeah. You That's know? like I'm the same way. Yep. Like looking forward to hiring like a manager who just does it for me. I cannot for me, if there's a making it, the making it would be getting to a point, yeah, where someone handles my own social media. Yeah. And it, it's not like a weird like like me like it feels necessary for like yeah. someone else to that would be great like i could just jump on reddit do an ama for an hour and like yeah that's my connection and that's with fans it if i want to cut it half hour short yeah that's on me yeah, yeah dude yeah. <laughs> yeah and people will still come to the shows you know like yeah. that, that's that's the that's the dream <laughs> yeah that would be sick yeah like i w- couldn't imagine being like uh like brad pitt famous or something or like you know uh sounds scary yeah like it doesn't sound good yeah like harry styles like that dude's life is probably as awesome as it is sometimes like miserable <laughs> Can i cannot imagine you know yeah like, like i think touring the if i could tour the country and play like blind pig size venues yeah and get like 200 people in the <laughs> door in 50 cities like yeah wow hell yeah complete, you know hell yeah which is more doable than than it sounds i guess like you know it's it is very doable. it's both incredibly good. hard but also doable yeah. yeah 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 it's not like it's not like going to the moon you know like, right you can do it right but well dude it's been a good one this man. has been a blast yeah yeah we got to get you on the other one now yeah i'm down turn the fucking tables on you i'm down dude yeah, yeah. I, I love going on podcasts and just chilling this i i love doing this type of stuff 100 percent. like i love just being able to talk about people's music taste and like what made them who they are it's it's fun man like i've i've been interviewed a few times and it's it's just like whoa i didn't even know how i had so much to say <laughs> i didn't know i was thinking all the time <laughs> yeah yeah like i don't like hang out with people that much <laughs> you know like, i really use this mostly as just a way to make friends <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> literally my entire band is yeah. people i've met on through doing the podcast oh that's sweet though actually yeah. that's tight Hell yeah, yeah. Like most of the, like a lot of people I played shows with is was from this. Yeah. Like, is that what this is about? You need a guitarist for a show coming up. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll way, hit you up. This is like the classic, by the way, can I borrow your amp? Which by yeah. the way, thank you for lending us the strap last show. That was the first time in yeah. ages I've had to ask another <laughs> band for something. I hated having to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, are we was, backlining? Yeah. Oh my God. Kill me. I know. I know. I, I got to get on poppy about that. Cause like <sighs> we never use our own drum set. I'm like, dog. We get you're the drummer. Just we got to figure this out. Yeah, bring a kit. Yeah, like I'm thinking about buying a kit myself. Like just buying a bass drum and a fucking rack tom. Just to have. Yep, yeah. Yep. Bring breakables, but we're good. Yeah. Yep. Because like, uh, it's just it just feels better to me. Yeah. Just like having the shit. Not Anyways, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what just just like plug your shit, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm Danny Van Zant. Um. Music's on all the the shit it's always on i'm still on spotify i'm not neil young uh apple music you know got an album coming out put out a single about a month ago should have another one coming out next month so yeah favorite joe rogan episode 